This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, July 27th. 2020 edition of Invest Talk, and I thank you all for tuning in during this hour. And I hope you get a lot out of it. I hope you call with your questions. That's our end goal here: is to answer as many questions that you may have. And remember, if you call in, ask your question. Odds are very high that someone else has that exact same question. So not only are you helping yourself. You're helping other people as well. So that is our goal here. This is a community. We all want to work together to become better investors. And, you know, we entered a new week today and on an up note and big volatility from the commodity space. Uh, The dollar is, I don't say crashing, but certainly uh, struggling and we're in a transitioning environment, right? We're transitioning out of a, pan, a, a, a shutdown pandemic phase to more of managing the pandemic, managing the economic impact, both near-term as well as long-term. And this is going to affect various industries. And some industries are going to come out of this unscathed, even better, stronger. Others are going to take some time. Some companies are going to thrive in this environment. Others are going to struggle under the weight of maybe debt, under an environment where social distancing is ubiquitous. And you have to be able to decipher which ones are both good near-term and which ones maybe are good longer-term that you should probably be patient for. And you have to decide what type of investor you are. Are you more of a trader? There's a lot of traders right now, right? Getting unemployment checks, they can't bet on sports, They see other people making money and they want to jump in, open a Robinhood account. And that, for a lot of people, that can, they can do well in the near term. But investing is a long-term game. You can wipe out gains as quickly as you make them. And so today on this program, I'm going to do my best to provide you with unbiased answers to any questions that you might have to help you develop strategies that match your risk tolerance, but also are successful long-term as well. So we're trying to teach you that the skills that will thrive in any environment doesn't mean you use the same strategy in every environment, but you're able to handle any environment that is thrown at you. So I'm here ready to take your calls at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. 
Now our goal on Invest Talk is to bring you along with us. We use a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. That's how Steve and I run the show. It's how we run KPP Financial, our company based in Irvine, California. We practice parallel investing, meaning our investments ride alongside with our clients. So we only recommend strategies to clients that we implement for ourselves as well. So if you want to sit down with myself or Steve over the phone, maybe a Skype call, we use Jive meeting video chats as well. All of these are ways that you can connect with us, get a portfolio review, no cost, no obligation. Whether you're an aggressive investor looking for consistent, strong growth, or maybe you're looking for just income and lower volatility. We want to help you. So if you want to sit, sit down with us, you can do that. Start the process through investtalk.com. Now, my focus point today concerns the story Elon Musk is warning that another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people. We're going to talk about why he thinks that. I think it's pretty rich, but it'll be interesting. Also, in connection with that, the GOP rolled out their proposal for about a trillion dollar, yes, trillion with a T, stimulus package. That's lower than the, I believe it was 3.5 trillion stimulus package, dollar stimulus package that the Democrats were rolling out. Per usual, it's probably going to come somewhere in the middle. And it will be very interesting to see what that looks like. We're going to discuss those details of the GOP's plan. And then the drug pricing. Drug pricing executive order over the weekend by President Trump. What does that mean for the industry as a whole? And then lastly, if we have time, we're going to talk about the eviction crisis and what that might look like going into the back half of the year as eventually... Landlords need to get paid because they need to pay loans, uh, they need to pay investors, etc. We're going to discuss that as well. But ultimately, I want to know what's on your mind. 888 chart, 888-992-4278. Let's take a quick look at the market today. You had the S&P up about, what was it? Let's pull this up here. Why is it not showing it to me? Uh, up about a quor- three quarters of 1%. Sorry, my, my laptop, quick backstory. My laptop on Friday decided to not turn on. So I am on a different laptop, a new system, less efficient than before. But anyway, the S&P was up about uh, 0.8%, small caps a little over 1%, NASDAQ was up 2%, gold and silver surged. We have Project Zimbabwe, Project Venezuela, whatever you want to call it, where you're just printing massive amounts of money, that's what you have over at the Federal Reserve, and that means massive currency debasement, and that has clearly been good for the precious metals, as we've been talking about on the show for some time, so not a shock there. So that's a quick overview, but you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and August is just around the corner. Next week is August, then Labor Day. So for investors, the uncertainty of the economy and political news is churning markets. We're 99 days away from the election as well. So how can you be better prepared for the market swings that we know are likely going to continue? Let's talk about it. 
Your participation is an important part of the mix. And we're ready to take your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and the market has been interesting. So you'll have important finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Go to Bob in San Rafael looking at Intel. Yeah, hey, Justin, just uh, checking out Intel. Uh, it's on a little bit of a dip and just wondering what you think about this stock and uh, if this is a good entry point. Yeah, we like Intel here. It's down because they've delayed their next generation processors and technologies a little bit. And to us, this was kind of expected because, you know, the smaller in nanometers, right? You start; they're trying to get to the seven nanometer per uh, per transistor tra- per transistor on their semiconductors, and it's been difficult for them. And and I, I it's not a shock uh, to us. But if you look at the underlying momentum of the quarter, revenues are up twenty percent, earnings up sixteen percent. Uh, clearly, there's a lot of transition with people working at home, meaning. Uh, maybe they have to move to laptops or uh, different type of systems than they were before. And that's driving a, a lot of sales. People need to be more mobile. And in, even though they, they've lost Apple uh, for the future, I think their their chips and their technology will still be very, very relevant and important. So uh, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good entry. You know, it's not the most exciting chip name, uh, but from a cash flow perspective and earnings perspective, they've always been uh, pretty consistent. And I think Intel will still be a good long-term investment, uh, and especially like that nice point, 2.7% uh, dividend. Is that what you're after, or are you just looking at a value play? Well, it's actually both, uh, a little bit of both. Uh, I, just, I just thought it was a pretty, you know, I've kind of, been following it and i thought this might be a good entry point for it yeah i mean enterprise value to ebitda is about 5.7 and historically that's definitely on on the low side of of their multiples and so uh we like intel here now from a technical perspective there's there's, it's not quite at full support right we're around the 45 dollar level is might be a better Level, but uh, it is oversold. Usually, after earnings like this, it takes about three days for the price to settle out and find some support. So you're two days into it, and the third day is coming coming up tomorrow. So um, look for a potential reversal to start uh, tomorrow. Thanks for the call. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine two four two seven eight. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and in these uncertain times, it's natural for investors to. Be unsure about their portfolio and the risk level that you're taking. Everyone has different risk tolerance levels, and you need to be invested so that you don't make rash decisions. Did the March-April time frame get you hot and bothered? Was that an emotional time for you? Did you maybe make some rash decisions? Or even just tempted to make some rash decisions like selling? Maybe that means that your portfolio is too risky. How do you know? Well, my advice is to go over to our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. 
what we do for listeners is we look at people's portfolios and compare them to their risk tolerance level and try to get them in line and figure out a strategy that best works for them. Just look for the risk lies button on investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Justin Klein. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I love your show. I have a stock. It is a 5G play. Crown Castle CCI. Uh, it's up pretty high. I'm wondering where to buy in at this stock. It's a, it's a little high. What is a good entry point? Thank you. Yeah, this is pretty high. It's uh, it's pretty expensive here. Enterprise value to EBIT is about 28. And revenue was flat last quarter. Earnings per share diluted was down about 5% uh, year over year. And that worries me a little bit. Cash from operations was essentially, or sorry, the uh, EBITDA was essentially flat. And so I think it's expensive here at these multiples with uh, modest revenue growth. Now, it's certainly going to be consistent. This is a REIT that owns wireless towers in the US, Australia, Puerto Rico, uh, et cetera, $70 billion market cap. The chart remains pretty solid here. Let me pull up uh, pull up the support levels, and let's go charts. Like I said, I'm on a new computer, so things are running not quite as fast as they normally do. You know, it, technically, it looks it looks fine. It looks fine, but from a valuation standpoint, I would need this below about 130 for me to get excited about the value. Uh, so with the volatility of the markets over the next uh, couple of years, I think you'll find a better entry point. But if you're looking for the near term, it's had a nice little pullback, remains solid technically. And so it all depends on your time horizon. But I do think it's expensive, but very good company. My focus point today concerns a story that Elon Musk is warning that Another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of the people, which I think is quite hilarious coming from the man who's received $5 billion in government subsidies over the years. That's $5 billion to one particular entity. And the fact that he's moving to Texas to avoid taxes so you know this is the man who's relied on government handouts for to build his businesses and his wealth and he's telling it's not in the interest of people to get handouts i think that's pretty funny (laughs) to myself but uh you know he he's probably seeing a little bit of what everyone's seeing it's just the massive amount of deficits this is creating. It's why you see gold and silver doing so well. And while it's not always 
spent well, right? We know that. We know that there's a lot of graft, a lot of special, spe special interests in these handouts. Some of it is getting to the people. I think the bigger question here is not about whether the government needs to continue to stimulate. It's how they do it, how they execute on it. Now, the Fed has printed about $4 trillion over the past six months or so in order to monetize the debt. It's about $12,000 per person, roughly. And people got about $1,200 checks. Most people. Obviously, that 350 million population, there are kids in there. They didn't get checks. So roughly 10%, maybe, of the money that was printed was given to people. The rest was given to businesses. And so I think that's the issue here. It's not whether stimulus should happen, but how do you execute it to where it's not just going to the lobbyists, not just going to special interests? And that's really what he's saying here. So interesting that he made a comment, but uh, after the break, I'm going to get to what the proposed stimulus actually is. Let's keep things moving. I think I can squeeze in another voice bank question before the break at 888-99-CHART. Hello, I am looking to buy CrowdStrike Holdings, CRWD. I'm a new investor and looking to hold this for the long term. I would just love to get your opinion if you think it's overvalued, what you think is going to be happening in the future. Thank you so much. I love the show. Yeah, looking at CrowdStrike, this is in the security department. This is a software company that develops security solutions in the U.S. It's a cloud-based security company. Revenue growth, 85% year over year. Earnings finally went positive for the first time in uh, the month of April. So they just had earnings. And it's a $22 billion market cap with revenue only about $564 million trailing 12 months. You're talking about enterprise value to revenue of 36. That's pretty rich. So it's definitely overvalued. And this is all going to be about... It's all going to be about the growth versus value play. If growth rolls over in relation to value, I think this is going to have a tough time. And now it's broken. It's it's 50-day moving average. I, I would wait. Uh, I, I like that it's on, on your watch list. It's on my watch list as well. But it needs to come down a lot, lot more for me to get excited about it. Now, the next Invest Talk, the story. One analyst has projected that the... Oh, I think we're going to have to go to break. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your question live at 888 chart at the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts 
required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We have about 20 minutes left in the show, so get your call in now. Now, the GOP has put to put forward a $1 trillion stimulus package, and that is in stark contrast to the $3.5 trillion stimulus package that the Democrats have put forth. So we know we'll probably come somewhere in the middle, but what are the big differences and what are the contention, contention points? Well, first off, Democrats want to give a lot of aid to states, right? Budgets for states are being hurt because of this, right? Less economic activity means less tax revenue. Also, the GOP wants protection against lawsuits stemming from potential infections for businesses and schools reopening. I think both of those will happen. Question is, how will unemployment benefits be affected? Now, before it was $600 additional per week, and the Republicans want to limit that to $200 additional per week until states are able to provide 70% of their previous pay up to a state limit. Now, the issue is that the systems in these states, in various states, they vary. Some are very robust. Some are very archaic. And so to be able to calculate 70% of the pre- their, somebody's previous pay becomes very difficult. It was hard for some of these systems to just cut a $600 check. So how they work that out would be very interesting. Now, Congress leaves on vacation in two weeks. So they have two weeks to deal with this. There's also aid for schools potentially reopening. That's something that certainly will be put in this bill as well. But this is going to be a negotiation. And how it comes out, I think, is being very important to the markets. They're talking about more PPP money for small businesses, and I hope they find ways to make sure it gets to small businesses. I said before, the last one, it was ran through banks. Well, banks have good relationships with who? 
their biggest customers. Their biggest customers have the most money. Biggest customers don't need the money nearly as much as smaller businesses. So guess who got the money though? The bigger companies because they have the relationship with banks. So if there is a PPP component to this, finding ways to get the money to smaller businesses, I think will go a long, long way. But this is certainly looming over the market. How will this come out? How will it shake out? What is the size of this package? And will it, will it stem the economic impact, the rolling economic impact? Even though we've restarted, we're certainly well below where we were in January and February. And then you also have a lot of forbearance on car loans, on mortgages, especially. That rolls off probably end of September for most people. And so that's going to be a drain on resources and people are going to need money to cover this. So it's certainly a messy situation, a fluid situation, and very important for the market to watch over the next couple of weeks. Let's go to Arjun in Fremont looking at silver. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, um, yes. I'm sure uh, you've discussed this in the last couple of days. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just thinking about with all this stimulus money, right? I mean, when is this big rally in silver going to stop? Or when do you at least foresee it stopping? Because right now it's just, like, hysterical, right? I mean, it's going up like there's no tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean it's definitely I mean, overbought. These the silver, the precious metals are are tend to be very volatile beasts, especially silver. And you're getting that mm-hmm. surge here. It, it's overbought. Could it keep going? Absolutely. Uh, but for for me, this is this is the way I say with. So I've said this before. Precious metals will be the best asset to own in the 2020s. So goes up, goes up pulls back, I buy more. I'm not playing this where, oh, it's overbought, I'm going to sell some, right? Or, oh, it's overbought, I shouldn't have it, you know, I should should get rid of it, you know? It's being too cute. If you don't own any, you buy it. Add it to your portfolio. If it pulls back, it pulls back. Odds are very good that A year from now, three years from now, five years from now, it's going to be a lot higher. As long as we have, like I said at the top of the show, Project Zimbabwe, Venezuela, whatever you want to call it over the Federal Reserve, just printing money willy-nilly, I don't see any reason why they won't continue to go up. And I don't see any reason why they're going to stop printing money. Until they're forced to, until inflation gets so high that people are mad about it. So yeah, it's overbought. Could it keep going? Yeah. But that's the way I look at it. This isn't this isn't an area that I'm trying to trade in. Not like a hot tech stock that's just gonna you know collapse once the fundamentals are realized. Fundamentals of the space only get better with every passing day of billions, if not trillions of dollars being printed. That's my take. Let's go to Edgar in San Diego looking at 
VLTCX, let me pull that up. This is Vanguard Long-Term Corporate Bond Index Fund. Are you just looking for the income? Yes. Hi, Jason. Thank you for taking my call. Um, sure. I have some cash sitting in a bank doing nothing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking for some. Uh, I'm looking for uh, income, and also, uh, you know, I don't know much about the bond investing, but I've been looking mm-hmm. at Vanguard because I have accounts with them. They have mm-hmm. a bunch of uh, bonds, and. Uh, I noticed that uh, they have corporate bond, U.S. Treasury, mix of all mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, is this something that you recommend? Well, the short answer is no, not this one, uh, especially because now I like the space of the high-grade corporate bond index, right? The average credit rating on uh, of the bonds in this portfolio is A. So high quality, you're getting a 3.7% dividend, which is solid, not fantastic, but solid in this environment. Problem here is the effective duration is 24 years. What that means is if interest rates rise one full percent, 100 basis points, say the 10-year goes from where it is now about 0.6 to say 1.6, the value of these bond of this fund is going to drop about 24%. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the the sensitivity to interest rates is very high. And if uh, you know the way we handle it for our clients that are similar to you, right? You have cash sitting there, you want to earn interest on it in a relatively safe manner. We buy individual bonds and we ladder them out. Therefore, and we only go out roughly seven, eight years. And so if there's a move in interest rates, we can just hold the bonds to maturity and get principal back once the mature you know maturity happens. You're getting interest over that time, yielding four and a half, five percent right now. And but in a bond fund, you're not able to do that. You have you can have permanent loss of principal. And so, while I like you're looking at high grade corporate bonds because from a risk reward perspective, it's probably the best place to be. I don't like the yield that you're getting for the level of interest rate risk that you're taking here. Very high interest rate risk in an environment where inflation is rising. That eventually will be a bad thing for the bond market. Make sense, Edgar? Yes, it does. But so if I go for shorter duration bond, uh, corporate bond, that mm-hmm. would more, make more sense? Yes, exactly. You want to keep it shorter duration uh, and still high quality. That's how, how we do it. We're actually moving our durations in, uh, looking at more three- to five-year bonds as opposed to you know, a couple of years ago, we were looking at closer to seven or eight year uh, maturity bonds. We're, we're coming in on that because we see inflation increasing. And uh, that's why we're looking at shorter duration. So if you're looking at bonds, stick with shorter duration in this environment. Therefore, that I lose some income because the shorter duration you will, bonds. Yes, you will lose some income. But guess what? Your risk, your your risk level is going to be much, much lower because you're not going to have the massive duration risk that you have with a portfolio like this, which 
with, you know, with the effective maturity of 24 years, you want something in the five, you know, the, the, the three to seven years max average range. All right. That makes sense. Thank you so much, sir. No problem. Thanks for the call, Edgar. 888 chart 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. We have about 20 minutes left, so get your call in now. Now, over the weekend, President Trump has rolled out uh, an executive order targeting three areas with varying degrees of impact. First, it allows importation of drugs from Canada, and that may reduce U.S. drug prices significantly. U.S. drug prices are roughly double international prices. Implementation of this safely is going to be difficult, though, because there's different labels in different countries. Drug firms can limit sales to Canada, for example. They can do that as well. They can do things to counter these regulations. Second, the order is to implement rebates within the supply chain without increasing premiums. That's going to be difficult to implement. Third is passing insulin and epinephrine discounts currently benefiting certain health centers to patients, which would reduce out-of-pocket payments. But it's not going to affect the broad industry that much. So while I think this is positive steps to bring drug prices more in line with international averages, it's not going to revolutionize our drug industry. And some of the details are still unreleased. And will be released somewhere between now and August 24th. So be on the lookout for that. And there are certain certain companies that will be affected, obviously, more than others. And I, I do think this is my biggest worry in this space is just how much scrutiny, because think of the scrutiny that's happening now under Trump. Imagine the scrutiny under a Biden administration. Let's go to Matt in South Carolina looking at Sam Adams. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Good, good. You're looking at Boston Beer Company. I guess it used to be called Sam Adams, but the symbol is S-A-M. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. just kind of curious about this. It looks like it's taken off in a kind of uh, unusual fashion. I know the company has low debt. They've had a uh, hit with their uh, their new alcoholic seltzer water, but... Uh, I was just wondering if it's a good time to uh, maybe look at maybe shorten this company with how uh, how overvalued it seems to be to me. Hmm. Has surged. Let's see. Do you know what that recent surge was about? Uh, I think it's because it's the only brewing company out there that tends to have basically they don't carry any real debt on their balance sheet from what I've heard. And I haven't done a lot of research on this one. So it just... I want to just kind of call and just could, see what you thought. Yeah, it could have been an earnings announcement. Yeah, it looks like it was earnings. Yeah, revenue up 42%, earnings up 116%. Now, based on forward earnings, 
it is pretty expensive here. Uh, but I don't know if, I don't know if I would short it, you know, it's, it's not giving me any signals that it needs to be short shorted. You know, anything that's in this uptrend like this, you want to wait for a reversal signal. Okay. Even if it's overvalued, you, you know, this could go, it's an 830, let's see what it closed today, 800 and $10, $12 closed today. Easily go to a thousand, right? It's near an all time. Is it at an all time high? I believe it is. By my computer, yeah, it's all time high. So while it's gone parabolic and it's certainly, once again, overvalued and overbought, it can get more overbought. So I would wait for a significant high volume reversal day for me to get interested in shorting it. Just because something's overvalued doesn't mean you want to short it. You want to look for the technical signals to overlay with that fundamental signal, like you said. And uh, I would keep it on my short watch list, but look for a reversal signal. And I don't see it yet. So I would hold off. Thanks for the call. Now on the next Invest Talk, the story. One analyst has projected that what he thinks that the fall of the U.S. dollar will mean for the stock market. His opinion states that foreign stocks will likely benefit more, obviously. That story tomorrow. Steve will actually, am I doing the show tomorrow? I think I'm doing the show tomorrow. I am. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. What's your question? 888-99-CHART is how to reach Invest Talk right now. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin. I'm Steve from Long Beach, and I had a question regarding ticker symbol FXAIX. Ever since reading Jack Bogle's book, I think that FXAIX uh, would be a good long term holding for me. And I have a bit of cash right now, so I was wondering how I should approach this current market. I know you guys have talked a lot about the current market valuation. So I was wondering if I should dollar cost average in while valuations seem kind of high, or if I should wait and try to buy dips. Just kind of wondering your thoughts on these. Thanks, guys. I would definitely wait and buy on dips. I mean, what you FXAIX is just the Fidelity S&P 500 index fund. So you know, it's it's low cost, and if you want to index, then that's that's fine. Uh, I, I rather use SPY and an ETF, for example, more tax efficient and uh, easier to, to buy intraday uh, on big dips. So it's really up to you, but uh, I definitely think this is a buy the dip type of environment as long as we don't go into a bear market, which you could easily argue we're, we're still in. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my take. Let's go to Kevin in San Diego. Let's talk about gold. Yeah, yeah. Hi, good talking to you, Justin. I want to put in your ear, gold is having a good run. It could fall. It could continue to move upward. Do you have an upward price target, a lower price target on gold? 
Well, the marginal cost of production on gold is somewhere around the $1,000 mark. So 1000 is definitely my low end. I don't think we're going to get close to that anytime soon. But my high end, oh gosh, it, it, a lot depends on what happens with governments and central banks and, and how much they just continue to print. So I, I think gold will minimum get to 3000 an ounce over the next five to 10 years, I could easily I'm, get, I'm see it getting in the near term. Oh, in the near term, the near term. Oh, I, I, I think near term, somewhere around 2000 an ounce is, is probably a, a decent resistance area, right? We're at all time highs. So we've broken through that. Now, oftentimes you'll see where the all time highs, right? They catch headlines and everyone piles in and everyone gets excited and everyone's interested in it. I had a friend text me today. I want, how do I buy gold? And typically <laughs> that's kind of a sign that, you know, we're, we're, we're a little overbought and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some signs of that. Now, problem is, is that the fundamental backdrop is just too outstanding. <laughs> and so it is say when exactly that next pullback is going to be. It's when will the Fed pull back on the money printing and maybe allow the dollar to strengthen a little bit. Uh, either way, I think gold will do fine, uh, but it's really hard to tell to, to say because like I said, we're at an all-time high. Now, oftentimes we're at, we're right around the 1900, 19 and change on the on gold price. That's really close to that round number of 2000 and oftentimes we like to, uh, you know markets like to get to that level. So that's why I say 2000 it could be kind of a magnet for the near term uh before we get that pullback, but it could really start at at any time. But once again, I think the pullback will be minor and something to buy. Now, if you have time for a second question, I would appreciate it. If not, I understand. Go for it. No, go for it. Squeeze in. Okay, there's a company, McGrath Rental Company, MGRC. If you take a look at it, it's more of a uh, low-cap dividend play. If you could eyeball it and give me your opinion. I don't own it. I may not own it. I may own it. I don't know. You know, uh, it's, uh, It was just something that came into my eyes, and I put some mm-hmm. reading time onto it today. So... I figured All right. McGrath can... rents a, a comprised of four reportable segments, modular building, electronic test equipment segment, containment solution. So it's in the, the leasing, rental leasing space. See, that worries me because you're defaulting on their leases. And let me look at its debt. Modest debt. So I like that. Um, but I just don't like the chart. I think the chart is trending bearishly hasn't really bounced much so i would wait on it and i would pass for now but uh looks like an interesting company to keep an eye on i'm justin klein this completes another invest talk program i'll return tomorrow and in the meantime please remember to download our new june rapid fire hour bonus podcast it is free you can get it right now independent thinking shared success this is invest talk please tell your friends about our podcast good night Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. 
Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.